Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mooney Ponds Baptist Church Podcast. Here we upload our weekly teachings that happen every Sunday at our 10 a.m. service. If we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out to us and check out our website at mpbc.org.au. Good morning. Uh, it's great to be here again to, um, to be sharing God's Word with you this morning. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was standing here sharing with you from 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I did stress on a couple of things, which is to hear and to listen, right? And I did sort of um, cover a bit about the difference between hearing, which is just an event, and also listening, which is an action where we do things consciously. We listen to what is being said. Today I would like to maybe expand a bit on what I said a couple of weeks ago. I've expanded it, I've added a few things because of the, um, the narratives, the stories that we are going to hear today from Acts chapter 10. So in that particular story, uh, because it's too long, that's why we didn't sort of go through the whole 48 verses. Otherwise, you'd be sitting here all morning and you won't have time to celebrate with George on his birthday. So <clears throat> what's, what I've done is I, I was going through that particular passage and, and tried to reflect on what this passage is about. What, what is God telling us? And while I was preparing that, it dawned on me that that can be an extension of what I said about two weeks ago from 1 Samuel chapter 3. So for this morning, instead of having just hear and listen, I'm going to have wait, hear, listen, receive, be transformed. Because if you read through the passage in Acts chapter 10, you will see that this is the progression of how things went through. So if we go to Acts chapter 10, in verses, starting with verse number 1, it says, In Caesarea... There lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. So that's Cornelius waiting, preparing he was a God-fearing man, so he was not a Jew as such. And in the New Testament, a non-Jew who believes in God is called a God-fearing man. Okay? So he has some sort of a knowledge, some sort of understanding of who God is, as everyone in his household. And he was also giving generously to the poor, 
and was praying regularly to God. And that word prayed has the meaning of being sort of earnest and constant in what he was doing. So he was basically pleading on a regular basis to God. That was his waiting, his preparation. And then we, we see the hearing part happening. And he says, one afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming towards him. Cornelius, the angel said. And Cornelius stared at him in terror. <clears throat> what is it, sir? He asked. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying with Simon at Tana, who lives near the seashore. Right? That's the hearing. He heard what the angel was saying to him. And then he listened, that is, he obeyed what he heard. As soon as, so there was no hesitation there, no time when he was sort of maybe second-guessing himself, as soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened, and sent them off to Joppa. Now, if you've gone back to chapter 9, you would have seen Peter being in Joppa, Simon Peter. And also in chapter 9, and that was the preparation as well, the waiting, that was the conversion of Saul or Paul, right? So that was the preparation there, the waiting. So we've seen for Cornelius, first of all, there was a waiting where he was praying constantly, where he was giving generously to the poor. We've seen the hearing where the angel appeared to him. And we've seen the listening where he heard and he acted on it. And he did respond to that by sending three persons to Joppa to meet with Peter. Well, distance between Caesarea and Joppa would be about maybe 50k in today's sort of language. And then the story shifted a little bit back to Joppa. It's about Peter. And, and we can see the waiting there as well, okay? the preparation of Peter. So the next day as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up the flat roof to pray, right? Cornelius, praying, giving to God, feeding the poor. So here we see Peter went up on the flat roof to pray, the waiting, preparation. It was about noon and he was hungry. And I think sometimes... God has some sort of a sense of humor, isn't it, when we think about it? So when you listen to what is happening here, Peter was hungry, 
But when it, but while the meal was being prepared, I don't know whether he was smelling the the uh, the food that was being prepared. He fell into a trance. Um, the Greek word was ecstasy, right? Um, so he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet was all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. So that's the waiting, that's the preparation, right? And then a voice. Hearing? Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. Now bear in mind, Peter is from a Jewish background. And we've been told that in that sheet that's being let down, were all sorts of animals, reptiles, birds, unclean, non-kosher food that a Jew wouldn't touch. And that voice, the hearing, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now we'll see a similarity with 1 Samuel 3 there. And so Peter said, no, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again. Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. A couple of weeks ago, we heard Samuel being called three times, right? And we are told here the same vision that is, the sheet being lowered with unclean animals in it, it was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. A bit like Samuel, right? Peter was very perplexed. What could this vision mean? Just then the man sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. And meanwhile, as Peter was passing over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. Similar to two weeks ago with Samuel, right? There's that sort of not sure about whether this is what the whole vision means. For Samuel, it was what, who was calling him. And now, similar to, if you want to, Eli sort of saying to Samuel, and I just say, your servant is here. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So here the Holy Spirit said to Peter, three men have come looking for you. Go up, get up, go downstairs and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, I have sent them. So we've had the waiting for Peter, praying. We've had the hearing. And now it's the listening. So Peter went down and said, I'm the man you're looking for. 
Why have you come? And they said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He's a devout, so he went through to present who Cornelius is. He's a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. And a holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So that Cornelius can hear the message. Now you can imagine, and if, if, if you can sort of just visualize Peter being a, from a Jewish background, he was, we were told that he was staying with a tanner, right? So if you go back to chapter 9, he's staying with a tanner in Joppa. Now a tanner is someone who is involved with dead animals, right? A tanner is someone who day in, day out in their lives work with dead animal skin to make it become leather. A Jew, if you know a bit about the rules and regulations, especially in Leviticus, you will know that a Jew will have nothing to do with a dead animal. Because if they touch the dead animal or they associate themselves with someone who touch a dead animal, they are basically unclean. They will have to go through the whole process of purification. So that's the preparation that Peter was getting from God himself. First of all, to be associated with the tanner. And then we have Cornelius, who is asking him, to come into his house. What? A Jew going into a non-Jewish house? That's the sort of preparation. But God has prepared him for that. And said, and so they arrive in Caesarea the next day. So Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. We are not told how many people. There must be quite a few people in there. And as Peter entered the house, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. Bear in mind, Cornelius is a Roman soldier, a Roman captain. And within the Roman sort of um, environment, if you want, the emperor, like Caesar, would be like God himself. And so he is treating, because he is a God-fearing man, but he, at that stage, he did not really understand what, what it is, what it means to be a believer. So here we have Cornelius sort of, in a sense, kneeling down and treating Peter like 
her God. And so Peter pulled him up. So Peter wouldn't be able to stand up to that sort of thing. So Peter stood up and said, stand up. I'm just a human being like you. And so they went inside where many others were assembled. And so Peter told them, in a sense, to explain to them why basically he was doing what he was doing there. You know, it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home. like this ought to associate with you. So a Jew has got nothing to do with a non-Jew. But this is what the listening did to him. He said, but God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. He saw animals, he saw reptiles, he saw birds, but through his listening to what God is telling him, he says, I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. And so his listening has brought him to that conclusion. And not only that, when he was asked to go and see Cornelius, he said here, so I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. And now, tell me why you sent for me. And then Cornelius told him about how, when he was praying, how an angel appeared to him and told him about asking Simon Peter to come into his house. And so he sent for um, Simon Peter, and he said, and it was good for you to come. And now we're all here waiting before God, waiting, hearing, listening. So now we're all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Wait, hear, so they will hear the good news, and they will listen to it, and you will see what happens. So the Gentiles hear the good news. And so Peter replied, I see very clearly that was not maybe a day or so before that, a couple of days before that. That was different. He was hesitating. What does that mean? Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel. So, God has prepared Peter, prepared his heart for a really big thing that's going to happen. And not only Peter, but he's also prepared Saul, which is in previous chapter chapter 9, for that particular ministry. So the preparation, the hearing, and the listening. And now the Gentile hear the good news. 
Gentiles is anyone who is a non-Jew. And this is the good news. That's the good news for the people of Israel. That there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and Jerusalem. They put him to death, so he's sharing the gospel there, the good news, in a simplified way. They put him to death by hanging him on the cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to, the, to us, whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead, and he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. That's a good example on, <clears throat> on how we can share the gospel. Simple, but our focus is not on us. Focus is on Christ, is on God himself. <clears throat> yes, he said, he appeared to the apostles, but the focus was he appeared to the apostles so that they can witness to what Jesus did and to what he was preaching as well. So we have wait, hear, listen. Now we have the other two, the receive and the transformation. <clears throat> Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening. Previously, it was hearing the good news. Now the word is shifted slightly. And even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. And the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. As a result of them preparing, especially Cornelius, Peter there as well, and the others as well, when they heard, they listened, they believed, and they were, given, they were given the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit. Now, you might have asked the question about, yeah, Cornelius received 
the Holy Spirit, and also the others who were with him, the non-Jews, received the Holy Spirit. Well, what did Peter receive? Because we are talking about wait, hear, listen, receive, and be transformed. What did Peter receive? This is what he received. And Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? Can you see the transformation there? Previously, prior to this one, if someone wanted to become a believer, they have to go through the whole purification sort of rites. And it took them several stages for them to reach a stage where they can be declared as a believer because they were non-Jews. Transformation here, you can see that when they receive the Holy Spirit, when God has prepared Peter's heart and put him through all the things that he was basically against. Thanks very much. Thank you. After that preparation, and he heard the voice of God himself telling him, what I have made clean is no longer unclean. He listened. His heart was changed. And we can see here the event that sparked off a whole new ministry, ministry towards the non-Jews. That's how it started. So Peter received that message. And so he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days, most probably to teach them, to explain further to them what that good news was all about. Now, you might say, well, this is a story about conversion, the conversion of Cornelius. And I must admit that before I was really preparing for this, that was my idea as well. That it was mostly about the conversion of Cornelius and also of those who were associated with him and his relatives and his family. But I guess in a sense we can ask the question, who was the one who was the most transformed by this particular situation, by this particular event. I don't think it was really Cornelius. Yes, Cornelius, he was a God-fearing man. Now he's a true believer of our Lord Jesus Christ. They've received the Holy Spirit and they've been baptized. 
Yes, it's a big, huge transformation. But I think the one that who was transformed the most is Peter himself. Within the space of a couple of days, I would say. And this begs the question for us as well. Right? We've we've been preparing ourselves for some of us years praying, reading God's word, studying God's word, looking after all these things. We've heard last week, I did mention the fact that because we are here, maybe also online, we are listening, we've heard. We've heard God's call. Each one of us, that's including myself, we've heard the call. We've been sort of looking at ways to serve God. And for us to be sitting here, I guess, in a sense, we've heard the call. We we know that God wants us to do something. So we prepared, we've heard. And last week it was, uh, a couple of weeks ago it was, have we listened? And we've seen the transformation, the way in which when Peter listened, the sort of transformation, what he received was a breakdown of all his preconceptions, all his assumptions about believers, about his own beliefs, about his own faith. It was completely changed. He received something from God that brought that transformation. And I think this is the call that we have. And as you know, we've been going through the rethinking mission. And I'm going to read to you some of the things that you or some of you, is provided as feedback. Just for the first one. And I've been doing some summary on what people are saying to us about what they've heard. The hearing, and now we have to listen. And this is what some of you is said about the question, how do you think our church should respond to the ideas that were raised? The first one I have here is bring the focus back on God. Allow him to work through us by obeying our individual callings within the body of Christ. Do you hear what he said here? Bring back the focus on God, allow him to work through us by obeying our individual callings. God has called us, we've heard it, now we have to listen. And the second one is support 
and empower one another, allow individuals to flourish through exercise of the God-given talents and skill. Listening? Right? And the next one is willingness to work together with him, that is with God, since mission of the church is God's mission. Right? Next one, start praying, waiting, preparation, and listening to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to use us. That's what some of you said. So you've heard what the Holy Spirit, what God has said to us, what he is saying to us. How do we receive that? How can we as a church be transformed by him to reach out outside of these walls, to reach out to the communities around us? Because we are hearing what God is saying. Through what we've been doing through the video series, And if I may read to you some of the additional things that was basically said to us. Church should be a place for the community, not just for members. God's mission. Thus, we need to ask God for his guidance in the path he wants us to take. Share our experience with others to bring more understanding and information to everyone. Be immersed in the Bible so that we are more confident in God's word and be able to guide others in his path. Act as one so that we are inclusive and be able to set examples to others. This is what some of the things that you are hearing or we are hearing, how are we going to listen, to receive from God and be transformed? And what Peter did, going back to Acts, what Peter did had an impact on the ministry of the church as a whole. That particular episode, that particular narrative from Acts chapter 10, maybe would have happened maybe about between five and ten years after the church started. It was in the early church. For the rest of the time, and the reason why you and me were here is a result of this. So can you think about the impact that the waiting, the preparation, the hearing, the listening, the receiving, and the transformation that happened, how that has impacted the whole church. By the church, I mean the gathering of God's people, how millions and millions and even billions of people, how they've been transformed by that. 
And just think about how we, if we hear, if we listen, if we receive and we are transformed by God, how this can impact not only us here, but others out there in the community as well. And I think we can have that sort of impact if just like Peter, we allow that assumption, those preconceptions about how church should be, if we allow God to change us, to transform us, to allow us to rethink about what mission for this church is. So we've waited. We've prepared ourselves. We've heard God through the feedback that I've read to you. We have to listen. We have to receive what he has in store for us. And we have to allow him to transform us so that we can have an impact on the communities around us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your word. We are thankful that, Lord, you, through your words, you can challenge us in such a way that, Lord, will rise up to your calling to us. Lord, you've showed to us how we can, through waiting, hearing, listening, how we can receive your gifting and how this can be the transformation that we need for us to not only impact ourselves, but impact all those communities around us. And so, Lord, we do thank you for the privilege we have to hear from you, to be part of your church. And we thank you for the privilege we have to have you in our lives. Lord, may we not take this for granted, but may we respond to your call so that, Lord, we can respond to that call and allow you to transform us in the way that you want us to be transformed as a church, as a gathering of your people. We thank you, Lord. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.